fake and low-quality medicines have become more common and are being sold at lower prices through online platforms. In this B-Side episode, Monash University professor Michelle McIntosh discusses the effects of subpar medications on health with Business World reporter Adrian H. Halili. So could you provide an overview of healthcare systems in third world countries like the Philippines? So in many low resource settings, such as the Philippines, uh, the healthcare system is often structured in multiple layers. So there'll be a primary care level facility, secondary level care and tertiary level care. And that can be replicated in the public system and the private system. And each of those tiers will have different levels of resourcing and ability to handle complex medical procedures. So what do you think of the healthcare industry in the Philippines? Do you think it should improve or? Uh, The healthcare industry in the Philippines is not one that I know a great deal about specifically for the Philippines. I'm more familiar with low resource settings in a general context. How about the third third world country settings? Do you think, uh, could you expound uh, on the healthcare industries of those type of uh, these types of countries, like like I said, the Philippines. Sure. So healthcare facilities in low resource settings often are under resourced and and may not have all of the trained staff that are required to provide the the citizens and the general population with the level of healthcare intervention that's possible in other well resourced settings. Uh, So I think that building on the infrastructure that's available to to the community will lead to long-term benefits for the country and the community. You have this uh, initiative, the QOM. Could you give us an overview of this initiative? Yes. So at Monash University, uh, we're well recognised as a leading university in pharmacy and pharmacology. We've been ranked in the top 10 universities in the world for probably at least the last 10 years. And we've recently established a quality of medicines initiative, the QOM initiative, We're really working to apply our expertise in understanding pharmaceutical products, how they work and how sometimes they may not work the way they're supposed to. We're looking to uh, work closely with a range of countries and ministries of health uh, and other regulatory agencies to see if we can work together to capacity build train students and researchers in advanced techniques and look for long-term solutions around understanding how can medicines or the quality of medicines be assured in countries. So how would this help countries like the Philippines? I think understanding the quality of medicines is really important because in all countries, We tend to see a medicine, see what's on the label and trust that that is in fact an accurate explanation of what the medicine is. But in many cases around the world, the pharmaceutical products, there can be counterfeit or substandard products that are available. And there are consequences um, when people use a substandard material. Uh, And so having the skills and training to be able to identify poor quality medicines and 
find the cause of why are they poor quality? Is it because of how the medicine has been stored or was it poor quality at the point that it was manufactured? Or in fact, was it not really manufactured by a legitimate manufacturing company in the first place? Uh, so being able to identify that and assure people that the quality of medicines they're purchasing are good quality medicines. So are these more prevalent in third world countries? There's definitely a high prevalence of substandard medications in third world or low resource settings. It's not only in those environments. It's something that, you know, around the world people are aware of that if you purchase a, a medicine through the internet, you don't actually know what quality it is when it arrives at your house. Uh, and unfortunately, in a third world environment, there's often counterfeit products or substandard products um, well known in anti-malarials. There's a high prevalence of counterfeit and substandard products. And there's also an area that I've looked at a lot is the quality of medicines in maternal healthcare products uh, and the percentage of products that could be substandard for maternal products can be above 50%. One in two products doesn't contain the amount of medicine that it should have at the point that it's purchased. So why do you think they're more prevalent in these types of settings? It's probably... I probably need to leave a gap so you can edit all this um and up and fuck beforehand. Fine. But um, the prevalence of poor quality medicines in some environments, uh, I think where there's perhaps high populations and less ability to monitor exactly what medicines are being imported into the country, how they're getting into the country, um, and then whether the regulatory agency is able to do routine testing, that may be something that in low resource settings is more challenging and therefore people see the opportunity to make money by providing a, a counterfeit or a substandard product. So what do you think the uh, Philippine government should do about lessening these types of substandard or quality counterfeit medicines? I think working closely with the regulatory agency to give them the resources to check the quality of medicines that are available in country. Occasionally, there's times where if there's a shortage, a stock sh shortage from a, a supplier who's of a known good quality, sometimes then there might be a, an opportunity, unfortunately, to bring in a product provided by somebody else, and it could be of a lower quality. Um, so being able to to work closely with the regulatory agency, check the quality of products coming in and limiting the purchasing from manufacturers of well-established quality products. There's also this notion that these types of medicines, medicines are cheaper uh, given the third world setting and people are much more inclined to buy cheaper goods. Why do you think they prefer these types of medicine more? Uh, I think... It's human nature to look for good value. And if on paper, the medicine appears to be exactly the same, the cheaper medicine appears to be exactly the same as a more expensive version, then I think it's understandable that the person or people making the procurement, the purchase would look to get the best value for money. 
but the reality is that building a quality manufacturing process in upfront does cost more money. And I think around the world for a long time, people have wished that it was not true, that it didn't cost more money to have a quality assured product. But the reality is it does cost more money upfront. And I have seen examples of products where a good quality product costs, maybe it's 30 cents a single dose, but it is possible to go to another manufacturer who will claim the same product and they'll sell it for three cents per dose. Um, And so it It looks a lot cheaper and in theory it should work the same. But in reality, when it's dosed to a patient and it doesn't work, so maybe multiple doses have to be given. So it's no longer costing three cents. It's maybe it's nine, 12, 15 cents. And then the patient goes on to have a healthcare complication. Maybe they need to be admitted to hospital. Maybe they need surgery. Then in fact, the costs add up. And so what seemed cheaper up front turns out to be more expensive in the long run. So what other appropriate measures should be taken to ensure better medicines to, I mean, Filipinos? I think we're really working with the procurement agencies and, and whether that's private sector, public sector, to raise awareness of the importance of buying from good quality manufacturers. And by good quality, it, it's manufacturers that have been through a quality assurance process and they're audited and checked regularly that the quality of their products meets an acceptable standard. Um, so purchasing from companies, the government or the people are confident that this company delivers a good quality product every batch, every time will result in consistent supply of better medicines. So do you think uh, social media also plays a role in this type of uh, in this industry where people get swayed by substandard medicines and low quality and substandard medicines? I'm sure social media is very influential, particularly in personal purchasing decisions. So if somebody goes into a a drugstore or a pharmacy to buy an over-the-counter product for a cough, a cold, a flu, social media could influence them to tend towards a, a brand that they've seen advertised. Um, whether that brand is good quality or not. And that eventually it can lead to an erosion of trust in the healthcare system. If you're spending your money on a product and then the product doesn't work, perhaps next time you're sick, you're less likely to go and buy a medicine because it didn't work last time. So what should be done about these types of formats in social media? Should it be a private uh, information or a government type of program? Governments can definitely contribute to promoting positive messages and directing people to good quality sources of medicine. Um, But it's very hard to influence what is seen on social media uh, and how people engage with different social media channels and whether that influences them to, to purchase one way or another. And I think One of the things with the substandard medicines is you can't tell by looking at a tablet if it is poor quality. It'll still look like a tablet and there is no way of an individual knowing what's in there. And so other than providing regular testing and being confident with the manufacturers, 
there isn't a way for an individual to make a more informed choice. How do you define poor quality and substandard medicines? So in the pharmaceutical definition of a poor quality product, it would be a product that doesn't meet the nominal label concentration. So if the the label says this product contains 500 milligrams, a substandard product will contain less than 90% or in fact more than 110%. So it should be within a tight band around actually what the the label says is in it. So if it contains 80% of the claim, it would technically fall outside of the definition of a good quality product. What about alternative medicines? Do you think this also affects the industry in some way? Alternative medicines and traditional medicines can be difficult in that they're often perhaps not manufactured or prepared in a a standard format, so it can be difficult to know what's in them. But it doesn't mean necessarily that they don't work or that there's a problem with them. But I think one thing that's always helpful is to conduct studies that generate clinical or scientific evidence around the activity of those traditional medicines. Uh, And then that could actually work towards strengthening the manufacturing process or reassuring people that the traditional medicine they're taking is going to work. Why do you think they're more prevalent in third world countries like the Philippines? I think there's a, a lot of countries with a long cultural history and tradition for how they'll treat things. The pharmaceutical industry is pretty new in in the grand scheme of the history of all of civilization. So it's only been probably, you know, maybe less than, definitely less than 100 years that medicines have been as controlled as they are now. And many of them probably evolved from traditional medicines in a culture of some description. And eventually the active ingredient was identified and then it's been industrialized and turned into a product at scale. And so I think it's long histories and, you know, indigenous cultures who've identified plants or other products that have a, a, a medical action. And over time, they've used that and certainly something worth understanding and looking to sort of protect and ensure that it's safe and effective for everybody. So what further warnings can you give about uh, taking these substandard medicines? In terms of taking substandard medicines, I think the most important thing to remember is that you can't tell from looking at a medicine if it is poor quality. And the consequences of poor quality medicines can be a poor health outcome. So it just doesn't work. It could be that the medicine actually contains something that it shouldn't have in it. And so it could cause side effects or adverse unwanted effects. And that can create problems for the individual who's taken them. And also it can lead to, in the case of antibiotics, substandard medicines can enhance the development of antimicrobial resistance, 
which is something that you know many people consider one of the greatest challenges that are facing um, medicine and you know the global population in the coming decades as bacteria develop resistance to our medications will be unable to treat infections do you think further investment, further government or private investments on the healthcare industry in uh, third world countries would provide better healthcare service to the, its citizens? Continued investment into strengthening healthcare systems, I think, will translate to better outcomes for citizens and the general population. So I think that that's always a really good direction for countries to go in and ensure that people have access to the medical support they need at the various levels of of the community and country that they're, they're living in. So what other initiatives does the uh, QOM program do besides uh, the uh, substandard and counterfeit medicines? Monash University is, as I mentioned, highly regarded in its pharmaceutical and pharmacology research. And so we have worked on the development of a number of new therapies. Uh, Monash was involved in, in the introduction of two COVID vaccines that have gone into clinical trials in uh, probably over the last 12 months or so. Uh, we also are involved in working on the development of pharmaceutical products that could increase access to medicine in low resource settings. So where a product would currently need to be stored in cold or refrigerated conditions, we are working on developing a product that is heat stable and can be inhaled by the patient rather than administered as an injection. So we're trying to enable task shifting and medical care to be moved down into the, the primary and secondary care medical facilities rather than people having to get to a, a hospital, a major hospital, before they can get a medicine. So what type of medicines are these? The, uh, the aerosol types, the heat-resistant medicine? That what? Uh, so the aerosol medicine that I was talking about is related to a maternal health um, treatment or commodity. And that is used after childbirth to prevent the potential for excessive blood loss. Um, and too much blood loss too quickly can, in fact, lead to the death of a mother. Uh, and so oxytocin is a drug that can be used to prevent excessive blood loss. And so that's one area that we've been working on for well over the last 10 years. And other, other medicines uh, looking at, we've looked at inhaled delivery of antibiotics to treat lung infections. If we can get higher amounts of drug at the site of infection, then it's possible to have a better response to the, the treatment and reduce side effects by minimizing exposure of the drug in the rest of the body. All right. Thank you so much, Ms. Michelle. So yeah, could sure. I ask for a few closing remarks from you? Yeah, the, the Quality of Medicine Initiative at Monash University is really looking forward to working closely with governments uh, in developing and strengthening their pharmaceutical industry and building the workforce and training the people who can then work in uh, developing this stronger pharmaceutical manufacturing area. 
and we're very, very much wanting to work together with countries to develop the evidence to understand where there might be gaps in the system that could result in a better, better quality medicines available to the citizens. There can be consequences when people use substandard medication, Ms. McIntosh said. Due to high populations and less regulatory monitoring, the likelihood of such products being sold in third world countries is higher. Ms. McIntosh told Business World that experts and government organizations need to collaborate to identify poor quality medicines. This has been another episode of B-Side. Subscribe now and enjoy a new episode every week.